Cubs fans, and welcome to a brand new edition of Cubs on Tap. I am Ron Luce. I am joined by the one, the only, the Mr. Cheeseman, the Mr. Ricotta, Mr. Joey himself. My friend, before we get into a loss, as everybody can see, the Cubs hat is, the emblem is upside down and twisted slightly, because that's kind of how I feel about this game. Uh, But I want to know how you are doing, my friend, on this cool, crisp Monday night. Uh, in the state of Illinois, I can't say in the Chicagoland area because you are a fucking more than a stone's throw away from where I'm at right now. True, true. I'm good, man. I uh, I'm not good because they lost, but uh, yeah, I feel like there was a little extra ring in your your introduction there. I had like I felt the uh, garlic bread and the sugo vibe there that you were you were providing. So uh, yeah, I'm 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 good now. I you know it sucks, man. It sucks when you lose a ball game like that, especially when there's a guy like Brandon Hughes that's been just dealing, who ends up giving up the game-winning home run to a guy who's been killing it for a long, long time in this league. Maybe not having the best of seasons this year, but you know it just sucks. It's kind of like just one of those games where you just chalk up to you were on the road and some shit happened. Yeah, that's a, and that's honestly a great way to kind of precurse this game. They're on the road and some shit happened. And and, and let's just get into some of the, the highlights and the lowlights just really quick, right? Right off the top here. So um, highlights, Nick Madrigal, that's a double. That's cool and tough. Nico Horner, only hit of the night, also a double. He's at 301 on the season for his average. That's cool and tough. Fran Mill Reyes with a triple early. Sayas Suzuki, a pair of hits tonight. Ian Happ goes yard not once, but twice. Uh, a lot of good things offensively, I think, overall from the Cubs tonight. And you know what? You know who looked really good through four innings? Marcus Stroman. And then Rick Sutcliffe on the broadcast was like, oh, you know, the the Cubs haven't had an unearned run all of August yet. And what did they prompt to do in that inning? Four of them. Four fucking unearned runs. Credited to Marcus Stroman. Obviously, Leiter gave up the one, but it was Stroh's base runner. Um, so Stroh pulled after four and two-thirds, six hits, four runs. Again, none of them earned. Only walked one, k four. Really, you take away that inning. And if they get that double play ball, who the fuck knows what happens, right? So obviously, just a shitty inning. Um, and then it really didn't matter from there. Leiter overall looked good in, in two and a third. Um, and then, as you mentioned, Hughes and his one inning of work gives up the solo jack uh, to Nelson Cruz, who I'm – pretty convinced could by age potentially uh, he might be might be a little little younger than that to be my dad but he he's at least like uncle age worthy uh in comparison to me um uncle nelly uncle nelly oh yeah uncle nelly yeah well uncle nelly we got we got baby nelly they got uncle nelly because right. um yeah he, that dude can still hit tanks but you know let, let's start here Scott brings it up in the comments. Great place to start. Ian Happ might be the hottest hitter in the MLB right now. Having an absolutely great second half start. Uh, he's raised that average back up to 282. That OPS is still sitting at a cool, crisp, calm, and gorgeous 815 right now. Uh, and Joey, two bombs tonight. Cool and tough. We yeah. like moonshots. You know, in a game where the home run is maybe not as, as I don't want to use the word relevant because that's not the word, but as frequent maybe is a good word, right? Uh, still seeing Especially Ian, Cubs games, right? Yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> maybe that's just Cubs games. If we were Yankees fans, you know, Aaron Judge is on pace to hit 60 dong shots right. this year. But, uh, you know, it's cool when we get a, a multi-home uh, run game from a guy like Ian Happ tonight because first one was a beauty. Uh, that second one was a tank, though. That was second deck um, out in right field there. So he got all of that one. And that second one, number 99 on his career. So he's just one away from the century mark uh, for dingers. 
uh, in his career. But Joey, tell me about how you feel about Ian Happ right now. I love it, man. Never gave up on Ian Happ. Never Not did. Really. Last season, I was just like continuing to pound it that he was like getting unlucky. Like guys, like let's relax. The guy's hitting the ball hard. His walk rate's increasing. The strikeout rate's going down. And my God, this guy just continues to deliver. Literally cooled off a little bit, you know, like right before the trade deadline, a little bit after the trade deadline, and then now he's back. Like this was the in half that we've seen all season. This is All Star Ian Happ. This is the guy that we've just been saying, like, this is Mr. Consistent this year. And, God, you said it, Ron. That was an absolute tank. That second one, he got into that one. And I'm not used to seeing Ian Happ hit just monster home runs. I would like to go back and look and see, because he hits home runs, obviously. But I would like to go back and look and see, like, how far that is in comparison to his longest home runs, because that's something I didn't look at. But I'm I'm really interested now to see – yeah, he loves playing in Cincinnati. It's Ian Cincinnati, and Ian Cincinnati. Uh, this is a good ballpark to hit home runs in, too. I thought, uh, you know, Fran Mil Reyes uh, almost got one, too. He got a triple, though. That was obviously really cool to see the big man flying around second base and chugging along, you know, uh, going off the rails a little bit like he was on a bad train, but <laughs> he, was, he was running downhill. It was cool to see. Um, Hat, man, not much else to say because he's just been so damn good this year that it's almost like it's expected and it's like not as cool when he does perform like this now, I guess, to a certain extent. But, you know, we saw him drive the ball out from a, a pitch that was basically at his shoe tops, um, you know, in the last game. So now you're seeing yeah, this yeah. game where he just continues it, continues it moving forward. So I love it, man. I want to see Ian Happ continue to produce like this. If he does this next season when the team should be spending more money in the offseason, um, now you're looking at a real deal baseball team. So I, I, Ian Happ, we need this consistent production from Happ. Absolutely, and he's he's shown it really, right? Like pretty much a calendar year, kind of from where we're at right now. It was like mid August of last year where he really turned it on. It kind of started to creep in around like late July. Like we started to see it a little bit, but he went on an absolute tear from like early to mid August all the way through the end of the season, and. So literally, if you kind of take it as a calendar year worth of baseball games, right, roughly the 162 since then, um, Ian Happ has been electric. Ian Happ has been the first round pick that the Cubs envisioned him being, right, when he was selected uh, as, you know, what, the number nine overall selection, I believe, um, in his respective draft. Like, this is a big time get right now for the Cubs getting this kind of production out of Ian Happ because, again, He's kind of one of the last remaining pieces from what was that, you know, those teams that were competing every year, year in and year out. Obviously, he had some ups and downs, went through, you know, some promotions and demotions and things like that. Um, You know, like it's really, 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 really good to see what he's doing right now. So I absolutely there with you. I think I honestly think, too, you know. You kind of look at it right now. Obviously, his power numbers, I don't want to say they're down. I think they're down across baseball, right? Only 12 dingers so far this year. But the RBI number is very respectable. I believe he's in the 60s now. Um, Very respectable number. Again, for a team that for most of this season, outside of maybe late, if it wasn't the first three innings of the ball game, they just weren't scoring runs. Like They were top, what, top four pretty much all season long and scoring runs the first one through three. And then 
four through six and seven through nine, they were like bottom six in baseball in both categories, right? So like the fact that he's putting up those kind of numbers with a team that around him is not hitting as well as they A, probably could or B, probably should. You add a couple pieces in there next year, maybe guys that are ready to come up. Again, it might not be right at the beginning of the season, but maybe by the middle of the season, we see a few guys that are ready to contribute at the major league level. Now, all of a sudden, right, Ian Happ's numbers probably inflate a little bit, right? 270, 280 plays, no matter who's in the lineup. It's just the ribby numbers and all that shit will go up and down based on what you're getting in front of the program. Uh, And Bears on Tap co-host of ours, uh, Quentin here in the comments, Ian Happ, so hot right now. Absolutely. Uh, Things you like to see. Speaking of guys that were hot tonight, or at least hot in this game, Seiya Suzuki. I think seeing him get two hits was really encouraging. Um, Has been struggling of recently. You know, they, they talked about it on the broadcast a little bit that even, you know, they were recording his BP. David Ross was even going to watch his BP, see if something's off in his mechanics from where he's normally at, what have you. Um, but two hits tonight, the big RBI single that initially tied the game. Yeah, uh, that was the clutch. Yeah, that's what you like to see out of a guy like Seiya Suzuki. And uh, I don't know about you, Joe, and I want to turn it over to you here, my friend. But, again, encouraging sign. Now I want to see him build up. Yeah, definitely. I mean, this guy, this is a guy that he just hasn't quite hit his stride yet. I think that's the maybe the best way to put it that or the best way that I can put it. Yep. He just hasn't hit his stride yet cuz you see these flashes, you see him, you know, hit opposite field homers, you see him turn on pitches at Wrigley and hit them out there, you know, near Waveland or whatever. You see him, you know, like tonight, a, a smoke job up the middle, right? Like that's a that's a rocket hit up the middle. I didn't check the exact exact uh, exit velocity on it, but it looked like a hard hit ball that uh, CJ Abrams couldn't get to and, you know, tried to die for it. But he's just a guy that with that plate discipline, with that, you know, awareness of the strike zone, you would expect him to be producing at a little bit better of a level than what he has so far. And I still think it translates really well to the MLB. I mean, if we're being honest, he's got the speed. He's he's capable of stealing bags too when he gets on, which we've seen. Which sometimes might drive us crazy because you know he did have the injury uh, due to a play like that at second base. But um, he still has that potential, right? Like he can do he can do a little bit of everything. Plays great defense out in right field for the most part. He's got a rocket arm. He's got the power. He's got the speed. He's got the plate discipline. So. Just getting comfortable, man. Just really getting comfortable. And maybe there are a little bit of a the tweaks that he needs to make at the plate and maybe you know ross and uh the coaching staff the hitting staff can kind of help him work through that a little bit and make the minor adjustments that he needs to make in order for that to happen Mm -hmm. to help him really hit his stride but uh you know the travel aspect i think is a big part of this entire thing and i'm not going to say that that's the entire part of it but when you're talking about getting acclimated to professional baseball here in the major league getting acclimated to america and your living situation and all that, the travel aspect, I think, is huge. He has not had to travel like this, like he has this season. And right. now we're talking about you're in August. You're getting near the, the end of the season, really. You're getting, I mean, you got one more month once you hit September. So this is big, and I think it's, it's really critical and important that he learns how that is this season in a, in a year that the Cubs aren't competitive. Because next year he'll he'll understand more and he'll get a little bit more familiar with it and know how to adjust when they travel and know how to deal with that because next year we expect them to be a better team. So yeah. if he's more used to that, maybe he's not going to wear it down towards the end of the year. And I know he had time off due to his injury, but 
you still can't simulate stuff like that. You can't simulate the travel aspect. You can't simulate, um, you know, getting used to different ballparks and different, like just where you're playing outfield and stuff too. There's a big mental aspect right. of like how much energy is he putting into this on the mental side of things, even when he goes out and plays defense, right? Sure. Um, we see it all the time where guys are looking at, you know, where they're supposed to be positionally, like this hitter hits more in the gap, or we're going to pitch him here inside, outside. Like I have to be positioned more towards the line. I think uh, that could come into play too. And then now he has to think about his hitting mechanics where when he was in Japan, I'm sure he didn't really have to think all that much. He just went up there and fucking balled out. So yeah. I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm talking a lot of like maybe theoreticals, I guess, but like, if you think about it, it makes sense, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, I feel that, you. yeah. No, and honestly, I think you bring up such a great point, right? And, and this recently was brought to my attention of a friend of the program of ours. Um, a little shout out to this group because Cubs are in the UK next year, right? We know all about that. We have friends over in the UK, the UK Cubs clan. Um, they're actually both going to be in Chicago uh, pretty much starting tomorrow, uh, like this week. They're coming into town. So if you're out at the ballpark, uh, go find the UK Cubs crew. Say hello to them. Um, I know there will be some Cubs on tap re- representation hanging out with them this weekend, myself. Um, so that's going to be a good time. But in talking with the UK Cubs people, uh, I brought up the idea of like, oh, you know, it's a quick two-hour flight, right? And I was laughed at. Not necessarily in a bad way, but it's just like as Americans, as people that live in the United States, we forget how fucking big the United States of America is. Mm-hmm. Like if you took the U.S. and lay it over Europe, it almost stretches over the whole fucking continent, right? Like literally if you live in the United – if you live in the U.K. and you take a two-hour flight, you can be in France. You can be in Germany. You can, you can be in a, a, a fuckload of different countries. And to your point, right? The, in the Japanese league, Japan is not that big of a country in terms of geographical space, right? So, yeah, the travel is a significantly less part of the game overseas than it is over here. You turn that up, right? Like, just look at some of the travel that they've had to do this season, right? Way earlier in the year, you know, they go out to San Diego. Then they're in fucking Arizona. And then they're, like, back in Chicago the next day. And it's yeah, a, right. That's a lot. That is a lot of traveling. And that wears down on your body. I mean, I know every single person on this sh- that is listening to this right now can understand this and agree with me. You ever flown from the West Coast to, to Chicago or literally anywhere that's, you know, greater than a two-and-a-half-hour flight? It fucks with you. Like it, it, it's bad. Like you, we joke about jet lag within our own country, let alone being in somewhere you're not used to to begin with, right? So, like, I think that is a lot of it, truly, and and that's why, like, I think when we were coming into this season, right? And yeah, we were all excited about Seiya Suzuki, but at the end of the day, you know, we all kind of had to tell ourselves, like, this dude's literally his life has been flipped upside down in terms of coming from Japan to here, playing for a big market team like the Cubs, being kind of not even kind of being a marquee player on the team because just going by salary, he's like, what the third highest paid player on the team right now. And one of the two that are above him is literally, they've told us he's not going to play the rest of the year. Yeah, and Jason yeah. Hayward, like that's just the, 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 the point of it, right? The only other guy I think on the roster has paid more than him on a yearly basis is Marcus Stroman. That's it. That's, that, you know, you're, you're looked at as a marquee player at that point. And I think a lot of people, lose sight of some of the pressure and the travel and the adjustment. So again, we've seen the brilliance, right? Like it, it, there's no doubt that the talent's there. Um, 
it's just a matter of acclimating. This is his acclimation season, and you really hope that translates and carries over uh, to next season. But speaking of something carrying over, um, I really don't want to talk about the pitching tonight, Joey, and the reason is why. It wasn't that bad. It was like one bad inning, which truthfully was a double clutch by McKinstry, and I don't want to totally blame it on McKinstry. It's it's the whole world of, well, you know, maybe Stroshin loaded the bases with no outs and all that, whatever. But, like, really you take away that one bad inning, which, in fairness, they were having trouble with Pitchcom, too, in that inning. You take away that and the one ball that Brandon Hughes threw to Nelson Cruz that he hit out of the yard, and the pitching overall wasn't that terrible tonight. They were in the game the whole time, right? We're, we're sitting here talking about a 5-4 game. At no point in the game was it worse than 4-3, right? So, like, this is the one thing right now, and this is – and I agree with Bouge, and I, I know, Joey, you said this, too, um, on Twitter tonight as well. Vargas got right in the throwing lane with McKintry. Obviously, you said fart gas strikes again in your, in your, yeah. in your comment thing. If you know, you know here from Cubs on tap from his time as a Cub. And that could have caused the double clutch. Absolutely. Right? But, again, it's just those little things. It's it's being super nitpicky about that fifth inning. That's really – that's really it, right? Like, yeah. that is all that throw all that threw the pitching off tonight, in my opinion, was one really unlucky inning and then one pitch by Brandon Hughes to Nelson Velasquez. Or not Nelson Velasquez. Pardon me. Nelson Cruz. Our, yeah. our Nelson. <laughs> our Nelly. That's our Nelly. Um, That's and maybe I hope he, I hope he can be that kind of Nelly and be a DH until he's forty five fucking years old and hit tanks. Like, yeah, but really, that was it. That was all it was. Otherwise, the pitching overall tonight. I knew I know Stroh threw a lot of pitches, four and two thirds, still threw ninety four pitches. But like overall, if you told me the Cubs lost a one run game and this is what the pitching did, just on the box score, I would look at it and be like. That's not the worst thing I've ever seen from this Cubs team this year. So, like, it's not. I'm not terribly mad about it. And I would love to just quickly hear your thoughts on it, too, because I have one more positive note that I want to talk about before we do go ahead and look forward to tomorrow. Well, yeah, I'm looking forward to that positive note because I always just want to look at things more positively, especially recently, especially when we come off a loss. Like, I'm already as depressed as it is uh, when they lose a game. But, um, yeah, man. You, you hit on a lot of things there, I, and I like that Jake mentioned that here in the comments too. Fart gas strikes again. I do believe Fart that. Gas strikes again. I don't think, obviously, but I don't think it was intentional. I really don't. He's trying to make it to third base, and then he kind of ducked down afterwards. But uh, I do really believe that he was in the throwing lane there, and that's what caused him to double clutch. Mm-hmm. They kind of, like, right before we hopped on here, I was watching a little bit of the marquee post game. And Fergie Jenkins was talking about how Ron Santo would have just thrown it directly through the, the runner's head. He just would have thrown it and it would right, have just hit him. Yeah. yeah, You just get out of the way or you're going to get hit with the ball. And yeah, you can do that. I'm not saying anything bad against Ron Santo, but you know, if you do that, then you could be looking at an extra run scoring there in that situation if you hit the runner. Right. So it's like, I don't want to completely put that on Zach McKinstry because Agreed. He did make an error, though, outside of that, which can't go unnoticed. That was not – it's not an ideal situation because and they not, kind of put him in a little bit of a worse situation. Right, and not characteristic of what he's done either because overall he's played pretty good defense since he's been acquired in the trade. Just wanted to insert yeah. that in there real quick. Continue, please. Yeah, no, absolutely. And he played solid defense after the fact, right? After that play, I think he got maybe at least one or two more balls hit to him and he made the plays. You know, I mean, I know they weren't – overly difficult plays but he made the plays he he got himself back into the game right he he controlled 
what he could control from that point forward, basically. And that's really all you can ask when a guy messes up. You just kind of keep controlling what you can control and keep playing and stay in the ball game. So that's that was nice to see. But, um, you know, I hate to put any one loss on one player in particular. It wasn't all his fault. And I think, you know, the fact that the Cubs scored four runs in this game just goes to show you that even on a night where, like you said, Josiah Gray was dealing, he had 10 strikeouts in this ball game. Ian Happ hits two home runs. But they had four runs in the game, in a game where a guy was basically dealing. Goes to show you the offense is actually pretty doing pretty damn well as of late, especially. And uh, yeah, the pitching staff, man, like you said, I don't think they. I think they pitched much better than what the scoreboard shows, and mm-hmm. probably the same case with the Nationals too. In a lot of ways, if you really look at it, in this game, they probably could have been more like a three-two ball game instead of it was a five-four game. So. Um, yeah. You know, it's just – it's one of those games. I mean, Brandon Hughes, he's been so lights out. I kind of mentioned it before, you know, and you talked about uh, Nelson Velasquez there. I think it is a really good comp because it seems like the, what the Cubs want to do with him is they want him to hit against left-handed pitching, and obviously he's been really good against lefties in comparison to righties. But mm-hmm. I do want them to let him swim. I do want them to give him an opportunity against righties. But perfect comp really would be Nelson Cruz because – not saying he's going to have the career that Nelson Cruz has had to this point, obviously, but Nelson Cruz, Nelson Cruz, it's actually Cruz, not Cruz, 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 Cruz down the street. Uh, this dude, man, Boomstick Nelly. He like mm-hmm. our friend Sarah Sanchez on Twitter. She always says Boomstick Contreras or Boomstick whoever when they hit a home run. He actually is Boomstick Nelson mm-hmm. Cruz, and because he crushes left-handed pitching, you look at his career numbers just destroys left-handed pitching. That's where Brandon Hughes is, obviously. You leave a slider like that over the middle, you might get away with it against some other hitters, but guy like Nelson, man, you just, you're just you just not going to have that happen. And I'm hoping that Velasquez can be a boomstick himself, too, against left-handed pitching, and maybe that is his role moving forward. We, we don't know, but, um, yeah, it's a tough game, man. I, I kind of was like – it, it's not a game where you really can blame too much on the Cubs like mm-hmm, for mm-hmm. losing this game, but you can blame like individual moments, I guess, and just move forward tomorrow. Agreed. And and kind of supporting your point here, Joey, about the offense, I want to go back to um, that Marlin series. So actually since August 6th, so that was the 4-0 win on Nick Madrigal bobblehead day. So that's about – a week and two days um, over the, the last, you know, whatever, uh, one, two, count my fours, uh, four, six, seven, eight, nine, nine games roughly. Um, outside of their 3-0 loss to the Marlins on August 7th, on Sunday, of course, it was the game I was fucking at. Since August 6th, the Cubs have scored at least four runs in every single game. Win or loss, at least four runs. And that's good. That's very good for the offense. You're averaging four a game. That's awesome. Like, that's... That is all you can ask for. If you're averaging four a game, that plays well because they won 4-0 against the Marlins. And then they went, you know, after the 0-3 loss, then to them, that first national series, they scored 6-5-4. and four, And then they've scored 4-7-5 and five in the Red Series. And then they scored four tonight. So, again, the offense, the bats have been okay. Um, and, you know, speaking of another bat, this is the transition to the, the, the last part here. I just want to give some love, right? Love the Nico Horner. Love the Nick Madrigal. They're they're hitting a pair of extra base hits for those each guy, you know, for those guys tonight. But the Franimal is fun, dude. Let's go. This big 
crazy six foot five, two hundred sixty five pound fucking unit of a human being, just, just rambling around up. the bases. Yeah, rambling around the bases, getting a triple. Like, and and you you talked about it right on actually on our show yesterday, and that was actually the clip we used today when we tweeted the podcast. Was you talking about Fran Mill and and you know him being back? with the Cubs assistant hitting coach and that relationship he built with him in San Diego. And like, I'm telling you, man, this really felt like one of those moves when you look at it in, in, in kind of a vacuum where you're like, the Cubs gave up essentially in, 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 in MLB terms here, folks. Cause I know everybody's like 1.5 million, still a lot of money. No shit. To Tracy. <laughs> but like they essentially got him for a fucking Snickers and a pack of bubble gum, right? Like from an MLB perspective, he was DFA'd and they're like, Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, how much is he owe? Million and a half? Come on down. We'll take him. Yeah, that's fine. And look what he's done. He's hit. Like, he's raised his average to 222 in just a matter of games. Like, you know, he's doing things that are actually helping this team, obviously not necessarily totally win right now in today's case. But, you know, he hit a tank yesterday. Like, he's he's helping this offense. He really is. And and I just – I know you like him too, so I wanted to give some love uh, to the Franimal as kind of a – major last take here before we kind of wind this thing up and look ahead tomorrow. But Joey, the Franimal is fun. I love it. It is fun. You know, I mean, it's when the Franimal eats, that's a Fran meal. Uh, that's, that's just what I'm kind of rolling with here. My little <laughs> fun little slogan here, but uh, <laughs> I, I dude, it's, it's fun. Like he's, he's really destroying the ball to the opposite field. I know he only, I think he only had one hit tonight, but like I said, that, that was almost a home run. And, uh, yeah, you said it. They basically got him for a Happy Meal, and they're turning him into a Big Mac, right? Like, or multiple Big Macs. Like, this could be it's. <laughs> you you didn't give up much to get to get. I this hope guy. I hope so badly that Brian clips that tomorrow because I need that on loop for the rest of my life. It's just that analogy. You turned him from a Happy Meal into a Big Mac. All right, cheeseburger, Eddie, take it easy over here. <laughs> <laughs> We've been using a lot of food analogies here lately. Yeah, at yeah. I think we're you just hungry. Tell, Are we just hungry? We all, we all just like to eat. I don't know what else to say. I mean, we're, you know, we like to eat. We like par- to. Again, and so does the Franimal, because when the Franimal eats, yeah, it's a Fran meal. It's good. a Fran meal. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, not much else to add to that, though. I think uh, it's cool to see the development here from him getting back to his old ways a little bit. Uh, like you said, in San Diego early on in his career with Cleveland, even last year. Last year, he still had a good year. Um, this year, for the most part, though, like we've talked about it, the max exit velocities, uh, the hard hit rate, the barrel rate, that's all been good. So, like, what has been the issue? You know what I mean? I think you can look a little deeper in his profile. You can figure out what have, what has been the issues. Uh, but you know, nonetheless, I mean, he's making a very strong impact on the Cubs team uh, in his very early time here. Uh, or early on here and it's it's cool because it seems like it's it's good for the clubhouse too right like when he made it to third I, I you know I threw up the the triples that's what he was doing and they were, they, they seemed to love it I saw Patrick wisdom up towards the top there you know eating it up so it's cool whatever helps vibes in the clubhouse and the dugout right now at this time of year as these young players are are getting more playing time and if that could carry over to next year too at least with the franimal uh that's a fran meal. If that carries over, man. You got a legit, a legit DH there, and yeah. good things because it's a power bat that we need the power. So, if we got a power bat in the lineup, you can lock in for next season already without even 
you know, adding in free agency yet, mm -hmm. that's you're, you're rolling then. Yeah, dude hits tanks. Uh, absolutely agree. Uh, I'm just going to add one little quick final note here, Joey. I don't know if you've got anything you want to add about this game as well. Um, former Cubs strike again. Carl Edwards Jr. gets the win today. Uh, oh, my God. Just one last little stinger. I, I I had to throw it in there. We already talked about fart gas. Um, Carl yeah, Edwards and who Jr. started this game too? Oh, well, it was Josiah Gray. But tomorrow, it's tomorrow's Gray. Corey Abbott, right? Wednesday's Corey Abbott. Oh, okay, okay. And I swear to God, I'm telling you right now, he's going to go out there and pitch like six innings of like two-hit ball, and I'm going to be so mad. So mad. If that happens, dude, he has not had a good season, too. And I'm not like rooting against him, by the way. I know I, I said yesterday, like, he sucks. He's not good. But it it's not necessarily that he can't be good. I know he was a prospect and all that through our system, but – like what he's shown so far is like you should tag this guy. <laughs> like if they don't tag this guy, it's gonna be like when Quintana was tearing him up in Pittsburgh. You know, it's like mm -hmm. it's that's gonna be very frustrating. I think I think you're just trying to make up for all the slander that you said on the field the dream show, but I can't. I think I am. I think yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, hey, you know what? It, it sucks to lose, but uh Cubs lose five to four here on Monday night. Still got a chance at a series win. There's two more games left. Uh, and we're going to go ahead and look ahead um, to tomorrow's game because on Tuesday, August 16th, uh, is the Cubs and Nationals doing battle once again at Nationals Park in the nation's capital of Washington, D.C. Um, it is a 6.05 local time start for those in the Chicagoland area, 7.05 for those of our friends in the eastern time zone. Um, if you're listening to this one in the Chicagoland market, 6.07 scores your place to go with Marquee Sports Network where you can watch it. Uh, and if you're listening to this one in D.C. for some reason, and you, you like us here at Cubs on Tap, first off, hello. Second off, um, WJFK 106.7, the fan is where you can listen, uh, and then Maryland Area Sports Network 2. Man, they don't even get Maryland Area Sports Network 1. That's how bad the Nats are this year. Uh, but they're on Maryland Area Sports Network 2, MASN 2, um, in the D.C. market. It will be friend of the program, the cool and the tough, wearing a bunch of chains, Mr. Justin Steele on the bunk for the Cubbies. Fuck the 4-7 and seven record, not even indicative of how he's pitched lately. The 363 RA, though, is really nice. Uh, and he's got 106 Ks already. I'm pretty sure he has the most strikeouts on the uh, the Cubs starting staff for the course of the season. Um, I can't wait to tell you what this guy's record is. And he's going against Patrick Corbin. So it's a pair of lefties on the bump tomorrow. Whoa. Patrick Corbin is 4-16 and 16 this season with a 702 ERA. Yikes. Um, he still has 102 strikeouts, though, for whatever that's worth. But... It's because of the yeah. innings. I'm telling you right now, dude. I think I I, I I I'm gonna just quickly insert my little prediction here, um, and I'll sum it up after we hear from you, my friend. But I want to see ten strikeouts from Justin Steele, and I want to see Nelly the swim because if he's not tattooing Patrick Corbin into the fucking stratosphere tomorrow, I'm gonna be upset. So Joey, I want to hear your thoughts on Tuesday's game between the Cubs and Nats. Yeah, I want all those guys in the lineup tomorrow. I want Nelly V in the lineup tomorrow. I want uh, Fran Miel Reyes in the lineup tomorrow. Put Wisdom at first. Put Morel at third. Like, that needs to be those. That needs to be the lineup tomorrow. You need your right-handed bats. I mean, Patrick Corbin, dude, he's burnt toast. He's burnt toast. We'll, we'll just add another food into the discussion. With, here. with butter or without butter? Uh, he's with whatever the hell you want to put on him. He, he's, you're taking him out of the yard. 
It's like, gonna it's gonna taste like shit regardless. Got it's it. <laughs> it's gonna taste great for us though. Um, yeah, man, it will taste shit like shit though if you're the Nats that are just eating his contract at this point and having to force him back out on the mound every single time that he makes a start. The guy's done. The guy has been done. Um, I was uh, holding out hope in like fantasy baseball leagues that maybe there was like a sliver of something left. Maybe you get the fastball velocity back up. It seemed like that would translate to a lot of his success when the velocity was up, you know, he's using that slider, then he, he has a lot more success, but it's just not the case. It's not working for him anymore. And now that I say that, watch the Cubs put up a stinker and just score one run tomorrow. Yeah. It would be like the Cubs to spit in our face after uh, expecting a big game out of them. I'm sharing a stat here from our friend, uh, Mr. Scott Crawford in the comments, Corbin has given up 31 runs in his last six games. Yikes. Um, hopefully the Cubs can continue to turn again. The bats have been good. So, I'm holding out hope. Let them hit. Let Nelly V swim. Get all the righties in there. And you know what? You know what would be really nice, Joey, that we haven't had in a really long time here at Cubs on Tap? It's Juice's favorite kind of win, and it's called a stress-free win. Mm. Let them just beat the shit out of Patrick Corbin tomorrow, win like 8-2, to two, and we sail into Cubs on Tap just sitting back and like smoking stogies because we're so relaxed. Like that's what I'm hoping for for tomorrow. Again, like you said, Corbin just a shell of himself of what he was as a player, uh, even in the in the in the 2019 Nationals World Series year, right? Like, you know, he was he was still a top end pitcher for them that year. Um, it, it's really funny though when we mentioned Patrick Corbin. I think of all the great pitchers that have gone through Arizona over the at some point in their career, and like it, it's it, you could put together like a Hall of Fame rotation with just guys that have gone through there. At least when yeah. like. In the primes of their careers, right? Like dating all the way back to like Randy Johnson, but then like I would say Johnson. Yeah. I mean, how many guys in the league right now have been like top arms at some point in their careers and like had a pit stop in Arizona for some reason? You know what I mean? Like it's just I just think it's funny, but um, yeah, I fuck. I just hope they win tomorrow. I I don't want to deal with another loss. Two losses in a row isn't fun, especially for how well this team has played. You know, they won three straight series. Um, you know, you just you just you just need a little more. So I'm hoping for good things as well uh, tomorrow, my friend. But Justin's on the bump. So it's it's appointment time. Yeah, steel day. Ball's a steel day. That's uh, that's uh, that's always a good, deal, good day. You know what I mean? It's uh, whenever he gets the chance to throw, he's been dynamite lately with that. I mean, the strikeout stuff has really been flashing. Um, talked about some of the, the rough luck that he's had this year. It really does feel that way. Like, a lot of the numbers back that up too. A lot of this has just been really rough luck, and it's it's bound to turn around at some point. Like maybe they got the the, the McKinstry plays tonight because tomorrow he's going to get some good luck on the defensive side. Maybe some diving plays on some hard hit balls or something. Maybe that's that's what he needs because uh, he hasn't even been given up that many hard hit balls, and they've been turning into hits or like airs. So it's like mm -hmm. maybe that's that's the sign, Ron. Maybe we got a sign tonight. Maybe we did get a sign. I hope it's a sign that Justin's going to shit pump tomorrow because that's what I'm excited for. Um, and hopefully we get that. So that'll be cool to see. Well, Joey, you know the drill here, my friend. Before we get out of here, I do want to remind everybody that Cubs on Tap is the official Cubs podcast of the On Tap Sports Network. You can check out all of our great work over at ontapsportsnet.com and at ontapsportsnet on social media. You can follow the pod-specific accounts for us here at Cubs on Tap. We are at Cubbies on Tap. That's C-U-B-B-I-E-S. Um, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram there. I am at Loose on Tap on the Bluebird app. Joey's at Joey Knows Nothing. That ends in I-N because that stands for win, baby. Um, you can follow all of our other great co-hosts and 
contributors here for the Cubs side of the house at Juice on Tap, at Teddy Freddy 270, at Bulls Guy Rob, and at Brandon M. Kane uh, on Twitter. You know the drill, Bulls, Bears, Blackhawks, we got it all. Actually, the Bears on Tap, guys, we're about to go live here in, uh, oh, I don't know, whenever this show ends. I'll be jumping on with Quentin and Beat on uh, tonight. Uh, we'll be doing a little Bears talk. So if you can join us for some late night Bears talk, please do. Um, you know, it's preseason football, Joey. We're we're getting excited here. The meathead, the meathead of me coming out is coming out and want to talk about football. So uh, I'm getting excited about that. And we've got all that for you. And you guys know the drill. Um, they won tonight. Um, but if you have friends that like the Southsiders, uh, you go ahead and send them to our boys at Sox on Tap. They do a great job covering the White Sox. So once again. OnTapSportsNet.com, at OnTapSportsNet on social media, the OnTap Sports, Sports Network. Woo, go ahead and check out what's on tap in Chicago sports. I'm stumbling a little bit tonight, man. It happens. It's Monday. Um, Joey, eat. yeah, I need to eat. I need a friend meal, all right? That's that's what I need here. But, uh, Joey, always a pleasure, my friend, despite a Cubs loss. Uh, we are back tomorrow. Who the we is for Cubs on tap? I don't have a single clue. Um, you can ask us probably right before the post game show. <laughs> That's when we'll probably know. Um, very good chance it might be Joey and I again. Who knows? Uh, as Juice is in the process of uh, moving to his scout uh, location <laughs> at Four Winds Field in South Bend. So uh, he was a busy beaver today doing that. But Joey, my friend, like I said, always a pleasure. And uh, what do you say? We get out of here the only way we know how it comes on tap? Fuck the Cardinals. Hell yeah, let's go, Cubs.